kids, you are about to listen to a comedy podcast. That means that none of this is medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, please contact your doctor. Welcome to the Jock Doc Podcast featuring Dr. London Smith. He's a trained medical professional in the streets, but low-key a savage in the sheets. Introducing your host, Dr. London Smith. Hello, and welcome to the Jock Doc Podcast, where we discuss fitness and health, and how to incorporate our modern understanding of science and medicine into our daily lives, but without it being so boring. I'm your host, Dr. LondonSmith.com. I would like to begin by apologizing to our listeners. We have received some feedback Uh, some complaints about my frequent use of technical terms such as vegetative state and cold front coming through. So while I'll try to restrain myself from that terminology in the future, here to help with that is our producer Cameron. What's the tell, Dr. L? Okay, well yeah, so Cameron, he, uh, he works so hard to stay relevant to the people of this world that when he heard that it was sweater weather, he spent three full days outside staring at the sky with binoculars in an attempt to be the first to spot this so-called sweater weather. Um, and all of this. And it does not exist. I can prove it. Well, that's proving a negative, though, right? Is that possible? Yeah. Can I prove that there's a hole somewhere? A hole's a negative. Okay. Well, I'm just, if you can I not prove that a a donut has a hole, and in that same way prove that there is no such thing as sweater weather? Okay, well, in any case, weather is things like clouds. Weather is things like lightning. So sweater weather is actually, I believe, in reference to the way that you would dress in response to the weather. If that makes sense. No, weather is like rain. Right. Tornadoes, typhoons, hurricanes. Right. Well, I think in this case, it's more of a reference, like it's uh, more of a sweaters, casual term. Sweaters are things like cotton, turtlenecks, v-necks, uh, maybe silk. Sure. Um, you know. Okay. Well, in any case, uh, also with us is Do You Dillon the House? Do You Dillon the House? What's the tell, Dr. L? one dj dylan ow 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 and later cameron tells me that we can expect a personal trainer on the show so look forward to that that's right dr london it's always nice to to bring up sort of the um the jock part of the jock doc uh i i think it gets neglected i think maybe i don't know you're it's kind of your nerdy bully behavior you know that it pushes the jock types away from this podcast. 
You think that being a nerdy bully makes the jocks stay away? Yeah, I think I think because you kind of lord your, you know, your genius medical advice over everyone, it pushes a lot of the cool guys, like the jockey sport guys, away. Okay. And so we that's why we rarely have them on as a guest. They okay. don't want to be here because they don't want to be here with someone who's going to say, "Oh, you're so stupid. I'm so much smarter than you." Well, I don't. I don't think that I really talk like that to people. Yeah, you say, "Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Can you even read this? It's not a basketball." <laughs> I, I feel like that's not how I like either the way that I talk. Sorry, this doesn't say. Sorry, the thing that I'm writing to you doesn't say Spalding on it. Is that the only thing you know how to read is the word Spalding, like on a basketball? Okay. Well, before we move on, uh, I would like to address a bit of listener feedback. Uh, This comes from the Mild Meatball Podcast. Uh, They were very kind. They took the time to record a video review of our podcast. Ooh. Yeah, specifically episode uh, 23, so not too long ago. A regular uh, Ebert and Roper or Siskel. Sure. Yeah. You know? All right. All right, uh, would here you, we go. DJ Dylan, yeah, could you play that for us? Uh, what's up, Jock Doc? Sorry, I'm whispering. My roommate's asleep. Or I guess her name's not Jock Doc. It's Mr. Dr. London. Uh, so first of all, up top, I really like this guy. He kind of puts us in the room with him. Yeah. You know? A lot of reviews, I have no sense of where these people are are typing out these critiques. Yeah. And there we I read really a review. Know. I, yeah, I go to Rotten Tomatoes and I read a review. And I have no, I mean, is this person at a beach? Are they at home in their bed? I know that this person is near his sleeping roommate. Yeah. And it really sort of gives you a sense of urgency. He had to get that out. At that time, he couldn't wait till oh, yeah. an hour whenever, say, roommates weren't asleep, find a quiet place to, to record real quick. Well, and depending on how many roommates he has, there, there's a good chance there's always a roommate asleep. Okay. You know, there, there there's a possibility that at any given hour in a 24-hour period, there's going to be at least one asleep roommate. And that was maybe the best time for him. Yeah. Yeah, maybe this is the least noisy. Maybe his other roommates when they're sleeping are just Super nightmares. Loud. Yeah. Or reviewing the other right. podcasts. Oh, that's what it is. And they don't want any bleed over. Yeah, yeah. You don't want a good review going to a bad podcast or the other way around. Oh, yeah. I, I think that is it. Okay. Um, I guess my quick review would be like, I think your intro was way too long. Um, yeah, it's, it's way too long. I think it's really hard to tell the characters apart. And I think that I don't know who this is for. Like, is it for kids? Um, because the voices and the way you bleep out cuss words makes me think it's for kids. Okay. So now that is helpful. Yeah. And I do, I do want to maybe mention to our audience that the reason that the intros are usually so long most of the time when we start this podcast, I've got my hand stuck in something. Yeah. So I'm trying to stall for a little bit just to figure this out before we invite the guest in. And it's amazing because we've taken precautions here. I've come in very early and you know just said, keep your hands where I can see them. Keep them on the table. 
but like today your hand is stuck in the table yeah uh, like we try to take that precaution and i i don't understand how you do it well you know how in um i, I guess it was where the red fern grows where they build those traps to catch raccoons and it, it involves like putting something shiny into a like a kind of like a Chinese finger trap type of device or something. And they sticks his arm down there, tries to grab it. And as long as it's holding it, it's trapped. Yeah. Yeah. And so that keeps happening. Sort of. Yeah. Pretty much everything is like that for me. Anything that can, I can accidentally drop something down becomes that situation. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, so if I, if I drop, let's say a ring or something down the sink, you know, my arm is going to get stuck down that sink immediately. Which actually sounds and dangerous. I think as a doctor, you should really be preventing this. I, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> and like I said, I'm trying, but you, I, I don't know how your hand got stuck in this table. Like, I, I don't get it. You had your hands on top, and then suddenly one of your hands was within it. So well, I'm a very creative guy. Yeah. Like, there's no drawer. It's just... I'm me. I'm unique. Well, Sorry, not going to apologize. And one other note about that review point, uh, which sounds true. So the intro is whenever I introduce, it's the Jock Jock podcast. My name is DrLondonSmith.com. DJ Dylan's here. Cameron's here. Uh, so that was the intro. And I, I didn't feel like it was overly long. Um, the rest of it, I mean, the, the the meat of the podcast is obviously the, the medical topic. So that... Uh, but that's not the intro. That's later. So uh, I'm not sure what the problem is there. Um, oh, and also one big point. Cameron has done marketing in such a way that this apparently is tailored for children, this podcast. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. He asked. He didn't know who this was for because we're bleeping out cuss words. I believe there was one single cuss word that was bleeped out in that episode. Yeah, something like that. And so obviously it it it's obviously tailored for I mean the nine and under crowd. Yeah, which this whole show is. Yeah, which my whole life is. Your whole life. Yeah. Okay. Well, everything I do is trying to get some laughs out of these kids. How do you how do you break them down? Uh, there are other things. I can't figure them out. I can definitely yeah, I've definitely been aware of how You've been targeting children uh, with your beer, uh, your marketing for your beer, your homemade beer, which, once again... Well, don't say targeting. Targeting, I feel like, has has a weird connotation to it. I'm trying to become kind of a 21st century Mr. Rogers. That's basically the goal. With the beer. How do you... How, Mr. Rogers did it with puppets back in the day. That worked for the, you know, the 70s. It's not the 70, 70s anymore. It's 2019. Right. Okay. Well, what- So how do we bring these kids on board? You give them some of this beer that, yes, causes suicide. You, you know, get them listening to a cool ass. Right. And DJ Dylan, if you could bleep out really loudly the cuss word that I just said. Okay. And what- so as to not Let's play the rest the of that sensibilities clip. of the, the oh. arch listeners. Right. But yeah, we can just listen to the rest of the then. Sure, sure. But I also don't think kids are really listening to podcasts, but I don't Whoa. really know. Um, Wrong. One of the characters sounds exactly like Owen Wilson, which is, 
I guess if that's what you're going for. That was actually, that was a big get for us. We didn't. I was about to say, I do want to address that. We had Owen Wilson in the room. Yeah. And he was doing his, I was going to say voice, but yeah, we had Owen Wilson for that episode. Uh, yeah, I I guess I don't understand why that's a negative at all. Yeah, no, that seemed that seemed good to me. Um, sorry, go on, go on. That's cool. Um, I will say that I think you guys have a really good sound design. Did you do in the house? I think the sound's really good, and I think the editing on the sound is good. You have a lot of sound effects in there. Um, but I think oh, and are I can't tell if. if I mean, I know it's a parody and it's not serious, but I can't tell if you're like a real doctor or if it's if everything's a character. So I can maybe make that clear. Um, try to get some differences in between your characters because I can't tell the difference between any of them really, other than the doctor and then the other two idiots. Um, I listened to episode twenty-three, by the way, because that's that's the most recent one. Um, yeah, hopefully this kind of helps you in some way. I do understand the confusion on the characters because in that episode we had a lot of characters uh, and he calls them characters, but like we had me, Dr. London Smith.com. Uh, we had Cameron and we also had right. Mr. Soapy yes. and Mr. Drain. Yes. And I can understand how difficult it would be to differentiate between them because, uh, well, Cameron, Mr. Drain and Mr. Soapy were so, uh, so alike in so many ways and they resemble oh, right. you in a lot of ways well yeah i mean i think it's impossible to differentiate between someone talking like this versus someone talking like this right versus someone talking like this Wow. That sounds the exact same to me. And for our listeners, all of yes. those things are identical. For our listeners, Owen Wilson did just briefly step into the room for that. <laughs> oh yeah, that was hey Owen. Yeah. Wow. Now get out. You have to knock first. Wow. wow. Oh wow. 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 All right. Wow. Well, um, uh, and to address the part about Doctor, uh, sure, I'm Doctor. Okay. Uh, so. If, to our listeners, uh, if you would like to send us a video review, you can um, send it to us through social media. We are Jock Doc Podcast on social media, and uh, we love to get more feedback so we can keep working on this, uh, keep developing this podcast so that it's appealing to you. All right. Now for a tale from the neurology clinic. I had a patient present with trigeminal neuralgia, which is when the trigeminal nerve, which provides sensory information for much of your face, uh, it's when that nerve becomes easily stimulated in such a way as to cause a bolt of excruciating pain. Um, this pain can be triggered by small things such as brushing teeth, putting on makeup, or resting one's face against even soft materials. Like just Oh, pillow. I understand that. I'm sorry. How do Hurting you... when you brush your teeth? Oh, I totally get that. Well, hurting when you brush your teeth is one thing. So they're talking about this nerve pain. Like the whole face tr gets triggered by just little things like brushing your teeth. Oh, I mean, the second I even try to brush my teeth, it completely shocks my whole body. Uh, in what way? Like just touching the bristles to your teeth? Well, 
Well, no, it's usually because I I have like an electric toothbrush, right? Right. Like one of those Sonicare ones. So, you know, you turn it on and it's got like sparks flying out of it. Okay. And when I bite down on it, you know, you're supposed to like bite down as hard as you can. It just completely sends a jolt through my body. Okay. I think that you have it confused because you're supposed to, there should be bristles and like a brush on there. And that's what you use to brush your teeth. Not, it shouldn't. Well, yeah, there's that too. It shouldn't spark. That's, that's one thing. Well, I mean, it's electric. Of course it's going to spark. Well, uh, usually if in a traditional electric toothbrush, the electric parts would actually be covered. Like there'd be a covering over them. Oh, yeah, it's covered in sparks. Okay, and I mean actually like a plastic outer covering so that you can't see sparks. So that's that's an aspect of it. Well, I mean, that's how I see in my bathroom the light doesn't work so i kind of rely on the sparks so i don't want to cover it up huh okay uh, honestly this is M- maybe i should sorry just... go ahead go ahead yeah go ahead. well anyway so this patient who has trigeminal neuralgia uh they described having an episode of this tri- trigeminal neuralgia um and then said that she and then said that she bought some cbd oil and applied it to the painful areas uh, so in this time period, she also noted that her pain um, decreased whenever she put that oil on. Now, there is not currently much reliable research on the efficacy of CBD oil, but there is significant research on the efficacy of certain approved medications in controlling the pain of trigeminal neuralgia, one such drug being carbamazepine. Uh, this patient's question to us was whether she should bother with medication when she felt that the CBD oil did all of the work already. So Agreed. Okay, well, it was a question. So you agree with that? There's a question? Oh, I, I guess I agree that there's no reason to use actual medication when you've already got CBD oil. Okay, well, as physicians, we, of course, prefer medications that are well-researched as opposed to merely having what's called anecdotal evidence of efficacy. So, if, if medication actually worked, then you'd be able to buy it at a liquor store, like you can with CBD oil. Okay, well, since different medications are used to treat different things and that some of them can be dangerous depending on who uses them for what, uh, we have to have prescriptions a lot of times from the doctor so that you can use the right medications for the right problems. And if it's just available at your liquor store whenever you want, you could yeah, do I got Yeah, I got a prescription for you, Dr. London. Okay. How about some Captain Jack? Um, How about some um, t- uh, t- Tito's vodka? That's the prescription. Okay. Not the stuff you're hawking and forcing down our throats. Well, anyway, so my advice to this patient was to go ahead and try the approved medication rather than being reliant upon the, uh, the CBD oil. All right, now for today's topic, cardiac tamponade. Now, we have previously talked about pericardial effusions in which acute pericarditis leads to fluid gathering in the pericardial space, which is the space in the sac surrounding a heart. Uh, Cardiac tamponade is an accumulation of pericardial fluid that occurs at too high a rate for the heart to adapt. This can occur when 200 milliliters of fluid develops gradually, 
such as when trauma causes bleeding into the pericardial sac. Uh, but it can also happen more Dr. slowly. Dr. London, what are, you, what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm teaching about cardiac tamponade. No, you're trying to you're trying to bait me into making into making gross jokes. Is exactly what you're doing. I I don't cardio think I... cardio tampon odd or whatever you're saying, and you're saying you've said sack and fluid twenty thirty times. I don't think that I've. What do you think? Of, what do you, what do you th- who what do you think of me? I'm just some clown to you. I wasn't trying to bait you into anything here. I was just. Uh, this is the medical term. Ugh. Even the way you say the word bait makes me want to vomit. Well, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Um, well, let me go on and explain a little bit. I'm sorry you felt deceived in that way. So cardiac tamponade can also happen more Ugh. slowly, like in cases related to malignancy. Uh, that's like, you know, like cancer, that kind of type of thing. Uh Two liters of fluid may accumulate more slowly Ugh. before cardiac tamponade occurs. Uh, the slow accumulation allows the pericardium to stretch to adapt to the increased volume. Oh, stretch. <sighs> See, you're trying to do it again. I, I really am not. Uh, so, so the main problem in cardiac tamponade is that this sac surrounding the heart fills up oh my gosh. and presses on the heart preventing it from expanding properly to fill up with blood. Clinically, cardiac tamponade can present with what's known as Beck's triad, which includes hypotension, a.k.a. low blood pressure, uh, muffled heart sounds, and jugular jugular venous distension, a.k.a. enlarged neck vein. Yeah, venous enlarged vein. Dr. London! Okay. What is wrong with you today? What has got what, what what has gotten you into this mood? I don't like it. I'm so sorry that that it's coming across that way, but this is just clinical terminology. So, uh, anyway, uh, you can use an um, an echocardiogram, which is basically doing an ultrasound of the heart, and so that is typically used to make the diagnosis. And treatment depends on the cause and also on the hemodynamic stability of the patient. Uh, uh, stability. So it's like stab. So you're doing it again, Dr. London. I just don't like this at all. I don't like the side of you. What happened to the actual professional genius who wasn't such a goof off? I, I'm sorry. I, this is just me, you know, explaining a medical topic. I'm not trying to be gross you're just or disgusting. this huge jokester now. N- what happened? No, I, I'm just trying to. Everything's just a bit to you patient walks in and they're you know walking funny and you're like oh let me imitate that because everything's just a huge joke so you hobble around no people hate it well, uh i've i've tried to refrain from that i think i well we can't we can go ahead and move on i'm sorry that that made you uncomfortable Ugh. Okay. move on i know what that means all right uh cameron do we have a sponsor today we do, Dr. London. We have a brand new sponsor. Oh, awesome. Okay. It's a brand new app. You can just download it on your phone, any operating system. It can be iOS, Android, Windows, doesn't matter. Really? Okay. And it's a new dating app. Oh, good. Okay. 
this app, a lot of some apps might center around things like uh, interest in food or interest in music or things like that. This one kind of centers around a shared difficulty. So sometimes the kind of the the things that bond you together the most are shared pain. Okay, you know? so like a trauma, sort of like yeah, people who've undergone I don't know, like a death in the family or and you know it's I think it's useful to know that there are other people out there with your own struggles and other people out there who are kind of like you. Yeah, and I, I think that's kind of the what makes apps like this really sort of special. Okay, that sounds great. So it's like almost like me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, like. I, I know whenever I've experienced some deep hurt that yeah. finding someone else who has experienced a similar thing, we, we have a connection on that level at least. Yeah, absolutely. Relatability. Okay. So this new app, you can get it right now. Right now, Dr. London. Okay. It's called Roidy Toidy. And it is for hemorrhoid sufferers. Roy, I'm sorry. Well, I guess on both of those. The name is Roidy Toidy? Yes. Okay. And it's for... I feel like I heard you wrong. Hemorrhoid sufferers? You don't think it's they're suffering. Maybe that is rude for me to say that they're suffering. No, that's not the part that I'm having trouble with. It's more... Is that, is you don't that know all? what a hemorrhoid is. Okay, so no, no, hemorrhoid is a like a vascular outpouching around your um, uh, around anus. Around your, your huh? Your, your anal region. Huh? And the... I'm sorry to... To be crass, uh, the butthole, that area. Huh? What? What is that? Uh, the, the, the rear. So you know where your head is? Yeah. If you go to the opposite end of the body. Oh, my booty hole. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um. Anyway, hemorrhoids can appear there, and they're usually from like straining, constipation, yeah. people pushing hard, and then, uh, these vascular parts can pop out. And it can be very painful. And you know what? On the type. And unlike what you were saying before, I do think people who suffer from this deserve love. Okay, no, I, oh. I wasn't saying that they. I wasn't trying to make that claim that they don't deserve love. And you say a lot of things that you don't say. You know what I mean? I, I try to be careful with my words for that reason, I guess, to to avoid saying things that I don't mean. Anyway, so so this is for. People who maybe suffer so who, from hemorrhoids. And this so, is not a support group. If you go there looking for support or trying to support other people, they will ban you. They will come to your house and they will give you more hemorrhoids. I'm sorry. Give you more hemorrhoids? Yep. They'll hold you down and just pop them on there. Uh, they, they bring them to you? Yeah. And I guess that makes you... I feel like that would just feed into the problem of them looking for support. They'd yeah. have extra. And that's the that's the goal, Dr. London. Okay. So so let's say a given person is suffering from hemorrhoids. Yep. Suffering, okay? Yes. Uh they have this pain and you usually this is a private matter. Like people don't want to tell other people, "Hey, I have hemorrhoids." So why I guess I don't see why this is a point of connectivity for relationships. You, it's hard for you to understand why someone who doesn't have a perfect life might want to love someone else, right? Well, just That's, a, you're just trying. You you can't wrap your head around someone who's not like a perfect ten, wanting to uh, well, to be with someone. Just the idea that a hemorrhoid 
would be that like that that would be the point of connection for someone i guess like what you were talking about with trauma like some some family some or some someone close to them passing away like that kind of thing could could be a point of connection well so i I think i get what you're saying you're saying these people haven't suffered enough no so what i think maybe we could do as a podcast is encourage our listeners who maybe want to use this app and maybe you know have like minor hemorrhoids to just stray sit on that crapper and you know you got nothing in there no and you just strain and you just strain and you just push okay no i don't think just keep doing it because i don't want our listeners to deal with hemorrhoids because it can be painful and uncomfortable private matter and i should mention the app does let you sort users by their level of hemorrhoids. The level of severity? Yeah, from A to Z. That extensive? 26 different levels, yes. Wow. Okay. I I, I guess I just don't understand why... So, so this is the point at which the developers thought people can relate. Well, maybe the developers are sufferers themselves. I, Have yeah. you ever thought of that? I guess that's more likely. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I, I would have to say to our listeners, please don't, you know, try not to strain whenever you use a toilet. You, you should, uh, you know, in fact, if you have, if you have difficulty with um, straining and with hemorrhoids. Uh, Find love. I was going to say increase water and fiber in your diet. And increase the amount of dates you're about to go on because of this app. Okay. Uh, and I don't want to, I don't want to ask this, but. Go ahead. Cameron, have you used this app? London, I am so glad you asked. I've been trying really, really hard to get access into the app. Hours a day. And I will reach that goal. Okay, so you haven't you haven't gotten hemorrhoids yet. Not yet. But you're trying yes. to get there. They do verify them. Oh, like like with, with picture? Uh, the, the picture, yes, but it's really more of like the sample, like scraping, yeah, and just kind of snail mailing it in. That sounds so painful. I think you can fax it too. Safe. Not sure, but okay. So uh, this has been so that's Roidy Toity is the name of this. That's right of our sponsor today in the App Store. All right, uh, all right. I guess um, I'm not sure how. Yeah, a, a great way to, I guess, meet someone if that's what you're interested w- yep. within someone else. All right. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Roidy Toity. All right, Cameron, uh, do you say we have a personal trainer as a guest today? We do, Dr. London. Hi, guys. I love this show. The advice has really changed my life. For the better. Oh, wow, thank you. Yeah, and uh, it's really kind of jump started my personal fitness uh, journey. So, Cam, thank you so much. Oh, for all yeah. the advice and stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, no problem. Okay. Trust me, I've got a ton of advice. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've write down a lot of what you say. Yeah, Cameron, you were like, thinking of coming out with a book, right? Oh, yeah. And it's called What to Do When Your Hand's Stuck in Something. I would totally read that. I think that's one of the most common issues facing teens today. Are you getting your hands? caught in a drain getting your hands caught in like a fan yeah maybe in like a like a small you know like a like a dishwasher 
Sure. Well, anyway, let's go back to this guest. Uh, what was your name again? I'm just the Pilgrim. I run the Pilgrim Powerhouse. The Pilgrim Training okay. Club. Yeah, that's right. The Pilgrim Powerhouse. Okay. That's right. Could you tell us about this Pilgrim Powerhouse? I well, look. I run a uh, a fitness company, um, but not only am I a, a personal trainer, I'm also a, a professional historian. So what I like to okay. do is combine fitness and history into one. Wow. Now, I'm glad to be here right around Thanksgiving because, gosh darn it, it's the most busy time of the year when it comes to both of those things, isn't it, gentlemen? Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone trying to well they. Everyone ate so much this last week. I'm sure everyone's right. wanting to lose the weight. Yeah, and Doc, it's so great that you brought up tryptophan nostalgia today, and it's just a really important thing uh, around this time. So I appreciate you uh, bringing that awareness to tryptophan nostalgia earlier. Tryptophan nostalgia? Yeah, yeah it was, uh, with, the, with, the, with the Rita Magazine cure or whatever it was. Cam, did you hear him say yeah, that? Yeah, that's right. It's something like that. Close enough. I'm just going to be honest. 95% of the things that he says yeah, yeah. sounds like... Oh, okay, so you said 95. Let me get that down real quick. Okay. 95%. Yeah, just ignore and just pick and choose the words you want to hear. Yeah, that's usually what I do anyway. So Okay, yeah. Cool. Well, okay. Yeah, so it's the, it's the busiest time of the year for me, and I get, I get a lot of good clients, and I'm glad to be here and just spread the word about fitness and about how you can be fit and learn about history at the same time. So what's an example, like, during this time of year, since we're dealing with Thanksgiving, if I wanted a, you know, Thanksgiving workout, what would that look like? Well, so the first thing we do is uh, I go through some of the lies your history teacher told you. You've, you've seen this okay. book, right? And this is going to matter a lot when it comes to fitness. So uh, we talked just now about tryptophan and how it supposedly puts you to sleep and it's in Turkey and all this other stuff. The history got muddled in this, guys. It's not the turkey that puts you to sleep. It's you that puts the turkey to sleep. Wow. Because back in the day, in the pilgrim's time, oh. before they ate the turkey, the week leading up, the turkeys would sleep in the bed with the family, whether it be uh, just with the dad and mom. But, you know, they had those one little room things. And so uh, they'd hunt the turkey yeah. and they'd bring it into the bed and try to get it to calm down, sleep. And that would really, you know, just get the turkey ready for Thanksgiving. So that's the first thing we See, do, is uh, is we, we, we do a turkey chase and we get them in the bed with us. Wow. See, that makes so much sense to me. Because people always talk about how turkey makes you sleepy, but for, for me, I get so excited. Right. Because I'm having turkey. Right. I'm jazzed. Yeah, and turkeys are all after... walking around funny and stuff. You got to get them calmed down. Well, after you eat the turkey, though, is whenever you feel sleepy. And uh, to be fair, there's only so much tryptophan. A lot of it is just because... Uh, you know, your the blood from your body goes from your brain a little bit more towards your stomach and your digestive tract uh, to digest this turkey. And so part of it is actually, you know, rather than the tryptophan thing, it's actually the blood leaving your brain to some extent. And so there's less Mr. Pilgrim, can you tell me why that's nonsense be, and why Dr. S be, Dr. London is wrong? Because Dr. London does not have a history degree like me. This is one of the things that Thank happens you. on your show where Dr. London gets going, gets going, and he ignores, he has, he has, he has alternative facts about what Thanksgiving actually is and what's actually healthy for you. The best thing you can do to, uh, to get away from tryptophan nostalgia is to get that turkey in the bed with you, all right? It's also going to raise your heart rate a little bit, you know? Uh, get things kind of moving uh, even while you sleep, too. So, you know. Now, what do I do if I already have a chicken in my bed? <sighs> this has been an issue. Yeah? Uh, yeah, because I don't want the chicken in my bed at all. 
Well, yeah. he keeps a lot of poultry in the bed, but it's a chicken thing specifically that he has a problem with usually. I can't get him to leave. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I do turkeys, so uh, I'm not really okay. an expert on No, yeah, I, yeah, it's okay. I was just, you know, hoping someone would be able to help me. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get a hold of my contacts uh, and see what I can find for sure. Okay. Um, the other thing is, the other thing they get lost in translation with Thanksgiving is corn on the cob. Right, it's just you know you eat the corn, butter it up or whatever. But sure. what uh, what we've lost in the in the in the documents is it's actually corn on the cod, and what the uh, pilgrims would do is they would mm. rip the insides of the cod out, hand it to okay. the kids, let them play with it, and then they would take the ear of corn and shove it into there, like you know, like a corn dog, and they put it in there and eat up into the, and, uh, the and share. Fish? Yes, of course, it's corn on the cod. It's just that one little letter was flipped in the translation. Uh, you know like how the, the st- funny English writing or whatever it is. So they'd eat the well, scales? And that's, and that's why it's it's called an ear of corn is because it's the ear of the fish. This makes so much sense. Yep, they had to replace it somehow, of course. Yeah. So it, it's a replacement for the the fish ear is what the corn is meant to be. Wow. History is so cool. It's so cool. And and when you combine it with fitness, you really you really can get things going and I'm excited about this year. We're, we're doing the turkey chase. Um, we're going to do... Oh, and if the kids want to get involved, uh, we take well, a couple pumpkins and then we throw them in their backpacks and send them on their way. You've mentioned a couple times the turkey chase. Yeah. Is this you chasing a turkey? Is this a turkey chasing you? That's up to you. There's two different versions. The morning, the morning one is uh, the kids chasing the turkey. And then in the afternoons, it's kind of like running of the bulls um, in, oh, in Plymouth. Okay. You know, uh, the turkeys uh, get going. And uh, sometimes we put, uh, up here in New England, at least we put uh, New England Patriots number 12, Tom Brady jerseys on them. You know, it's just, and, uh, and he's playing defense for once, you know. And so we have, uh, have a good time with the uh, turkey chase. So is this a common thing in New England? Is that part of New England culture? Not yet, because I haven't heard of it before. <laughs> you know, not, not yet. It's just a thing we're getting going. We're really, uh, things are about fitness up here. You'll uh, you'll see that, especially with Pilgrim Powerhouse, that people are really uh, glomming on to things like this. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, we've got the boulder press. You know, how many boulders can you fit on your body while you're laying down? It's a great workout, a and fit? it's just wow. modeled modeled after what they used to do to the so-called witches. You know, sorry. Oh, like Salem Salem witch trial type of. Right, so I've just we do the same kind of thing, but just you know, the, maybe the boulders are aren't so big, but you know, the, and I imagine that would really work out your core. Oh, definitely. Well, it sounds definitely. like it might just smash your core or smush it. Is that the medical terminology there, Doctor London? I, uh, it might smash your smash core. It might, sorry, compress your your core. So you said that it's a competition for fitting boulders on top. As opposed to say, you know, holding them up or whatever, like no, we we need to stick. DrLondon.com Smith, DrLondonSmith.com. Again, history. You got to keep it focused here. You lay down, and Dr. London doesn't know anything about history. Clearly, uh, you got to lay down, and all your friends put as many and as heavy as boulders as they can on you while slinging insults and calling you a witch. So it's it's obvious. It's an emotional activity as well. You know, it's got to be mind and body. Okay, it it sounds a little odd to me. Uh, I wasn't raised, but I wasn't raised in New England. Maybe this is 
or well, yeah, everything that's not vaccinations is odd to you. I you you see some way that someone might better themselves that's not injecting poison into them, and you're like, oh, that's so weird to me. That's so odd. Yeah, I I guess if like. But, but, spitting on you okay well i I couldn't tell you you actually weren't you you seem very dehydrated that's why i wasn't really reacting i couldn't tell yeah i thought you were beatboxing honestly but okay so about these exercises so sure how do you incorporate these historic i guess can i call them historical exercises you should uh, yeah, into your sort of daily life because these sound like events that happen once a year or something, you know, the turkey chases and whatever. Well, it's really a lifestyle, right? You you have friends who are into keto or paleo right. and, you know, maybe even um, different kind of workout uh, things where they, you know, you, somebody talks to you, oh, I do this and I do that and whatever. I'm a CrossFit guy. I'm a p 90 Exactly. Guy. So if you want to shut somebody up right away, you say, look, I'm in the Pilgrim's Powerhouse. Um, so what I do to engross myself is, uh, I've cut out all the running water in my house. Um, yeah. And about a hundred yards down the road is our, our well. And so I like to actually climb down the well with a few buckets and climb back up. Great workout. Um, and sometimes, sometimes I send my kids down there to get that workout in as well. So you, this is kind of an Amish type thing. Well, we're just, we're just trying to replicate the pilgrim lifestyle. So, So you create a need for yourself and in order to fill that need to just in order to live you have to exercise that that's sort of what you're saying here well everybody has to exercise didn't you know that doc uh technically in a way but a lot of people you're saying people shouldn't exercise i'm saying people should but a lot of people choose not to Oh, but you don't want people exercising because they might end up looking better than you. Is that right? No, no. Uh, we are actually Ugh. part of this. A big part of this podcast is encouraging people to to both eat well and exercise well. You know, Small get these workouts in. You'd love it if all of our listeners were uglier than you. I, I don't. You'd think... love it. No, but okay. So about this. So these exercises, I have sort of a. I don't want to say an opposing idea, but an alternate idea. What if you left the water on in your house, you didn't, you know, turn that off, and then you still went for those runs, Mr. Pilgrim, uh, running to the well just, you know, maybe with adequate water supply at your home? And follow-up question real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do I get one of those hats with the belt on it? Do I just put a normal belt on a hat, or do they come together? Uh, well, under Pilgrim's Powerhouse, we actually uh, chase down boars for those hats, and uh, you have to tackle it and skin it on site to get uh, so that. So the boar is wearing the hat at the I mean, time? The, what, uh, if, if you'd like to, but I usually just take the boar out right there in the woods, and then okay. you can go ahead and skin and tan it right there as well. So, I mean, that's also part of my medieval workout uh, regimen that I like to do around uh, Easter time, too. Okay. So every every workout of yours corresponds to a given uh, historical event. Or... Yeah, provided that historical event gives us, uh, you know, some good workouts. You know, 1980s. What's that about? Okay, so like on I don't know National Cupcake Day, mm-hmm. is that would that be one of those days where you would have some historical reference for it? 
or any well, like I'm I'm thinking of those random days to fill in the other days of the year where it's not a major holiday. Yeah, cupcake day or like you know ones that don't matter like National you know Teacher Day or whatever. Um, cupcakes, you, you got to go back to the history. You start there. Cupcakes were invented in 1574, um, okay. where th- there was uh, a really fat king. And um, he kept eating all these cakes, but he wasn't very smart, and he couldn't see. So what they started oh, to yeah, do... Oh, yeah, King Fatty Dum Dum. Exactly. So what they started to do is they started making the cakes literally a little smaller and smaller, and then they eventually were giving him uh, cakes, and he was like, what is this? Is this a cake in a cup? So you got to go back to that. And so the workout there would be uh, maybe some uh, heavy lifting of some extremely large cakes. you got to carry them from here to there, mm. and then you just you know taper off those reps. And okay. then, and then it also again, mind and body. You have to abstain from the cakes in the first place. Huh. During now, that workout. Now you got to level with me here. Are you a pilgrim? From the past. Yeah. I can't say particularly, but I do. You have... can't say because you don't know, or you can't say because you are choosing not to share that information. If I were to choose that choose to share it it would not have a good outlook for the people listening so it's, it's dangerous information of course okay well uh that that seems a little odd to me especially for cupcakes to be invented in the 1500s that sounds kind of late to me but i i'm not a historian so that's right. exactly so, but I mean, uh, what I like to do is do it by like era, right? You're, the medieval workouts, you know, it's like wheelbarrow full of, you know, sacks. So you got to carry all the, the, the big sacks of wheelbarrow and throw them, you know, bring out your dead, you know, come, come okay, get that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, you got to, you know, just wear an armor everywhere every once in a while. Um, yeah, I was wondering about that because you're wearing a lot of arm, but it looks like you're just layering because you do have that pilgrim's hat on top of it. But you're right. also you got, you wearing... got to combine it sometimes. You know, people have leg weights. Yeah. Same, yeah. same idea. Same idea. Um, and then again, it's a great conversation yeah, but... starter. Why are you wearing so much armor? Because I care yeah, about fitness. Most of your armor seems to be fashioned from things that pilgrims would be able to find, like wheat and and just random yeah. stones kind of kind of wedged in there. I'm not really sure that's effective armor as much as it is sort of just kind of garbage covering your body, right? To the modern eye, it is garbage indeed. Uh, ah. Yeah. But, you know, as a pilgrim, you just got to make do with what we've got. That's the American way. That's what pilgrim's progress is. You could say that. And uh, to your credit, Mr. Pilgrim, it does appear that, you know, it wouldn't be good armor for protection's sake. But as you were saying, uh, I guess it would add weight, which is your goal from what I understand. So, uh to your credit, but it looks like that with that, I, with that, I need some emotional armor, Doctor. Oh. Okay. Are you, what, what are you saying? I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to add weight. I mean, uh, this oh, is... I'm sorry. No, I meant as an outer covering. I don't mean I wasn't talking about Doctor your... London. Cam, why would stop. you say that to our guest, who's from the past? Uh, I, I guess, guess it would, would add, add weight, weight which, which is, is your, your goal. goal. Well, I don't. I don't mean tension. You know, tensions seem kind of high right now, and I didn't intend for that. So I wasn't commenting on your physical appearance. It was about the the articles of clothing that you're wearing, uh, more about the armor. But we can move on from there. What about for Christmas? Christmas is coming up Great here question. in a few weeks. 
great question. What what are what are some of the lies that people like Dr. London have tried to shove down our throats? What are some of the truths, and then how can we apply that to our you know personal Christmas, fitness, yes, Hanukkah? Yeah, yeah. The story goes: the shepherds were watching their flock by night. Um, actually, if you want to be historically correct and have a good fitness workout, you need to be chasing your sheep by night. Animals and uh-huh. history, very important that we're chasing the animals and getting our workout that way. Um, but in this case, we're not really going to uh, really eat these. It's not really the Christmas way. But we do have a, a cheap, cheap, a sheep chase as well uh, during Christmas. And uh, the diet during Christmas time, we like to phase out the Thanksgiving diet, you know, corn on the cod. Um, you know, we get the turkey out of the bed, and then we start our first century AD diet. And that's, that's a lot of fun. Okay. What, I'm sorry, what all is involved in the first century AD diet? Uh, the first thing we do is we do a little bit of intermittent fasting um, because, oh, you know, because they didn't have food. Is that what you're saying? I mean, it's it's a, it's a different thing. We got to put a shock to the body. Okay. Um, yep. So uh, your fish, your breads, all those fun uh, AD first century foods. It's a really good time. And then um, every once in a while, uh, one thing I like to do, especially around uh, Halloween time, if you want to do a pirate type of thing, this fits into Thanksgiving as well, is you, you take about a month and you don't eat any vitamin C. That's when you know the scurvy set in and you can really turn things around. I'm sorry, you, in, you intentionally acquire scurvy? It, look, to, to bring the body up, you got to break it down, right? So, well, if, no, and it's a historically body. accurate I've been thing. Saying this for so long, Doctor London keeps telling me to stop intentionally hurting myself, and I keep saying, "What doesn't kill you makes you stronger." Which that's a that's a saying, but that's not a literal. You shouldn't that that shouldn't be applied to every part of life. I mean, the pilgrims so, did it. Why can't we? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. Okay, because for our listeners, um, you should not. Uh, obtain a vitamin deficiency if at all possible you should be taking uh, multivitamins uh, vitamin c you can find that in like citrus fruits um you know uh, vi- uh, famously oranges will have a lot of vitamin c and so that vitamin can... c your way away from fitness well and so a vitamin c deficiency can uh can mess with your you know, connective tissue and so that leads to i would bleeding. like to encourage I would like to encourage our listeners to get as close to death as possible as often as you can. That's right. And then work yourself back up. That's what the pilgrims did. They started America. If you hate America, then don't follow our uh, my my fitness plan. Okay. Well, I yeah. If you want, if you if you want to hate America and spit on the pilgrims and spit on our forefathers, then listen to what Doctor London's saying and saying, "Oh, eat as much vitamin C as you want." But if you want to live, truly live in the way that our forefathers intended, that's right. Then you need to get as close to death as possible, as frequently as possible, in the cold, and get, as cold as possible. Get Throw those, away your jackets. Get those turkeys in your beds. Get those turkeys in your beds. This does bring up another point, though, that uh, we—it's kind of been on the sidelines. But so, Cameron, when you say the forefathers, I need to clarify again: it's—it doesn't mean your four parents that happen to also be fathers yes it does okay well i'm just like i'm just trying to make this point because everyone has four fathers your grandmother your grandfather your grandmother on the other side and your grandfather on the other side wow okay and i 
once again, I got to say, like, it, that's just not the that's not what those words mean. Forefathers is F-O-R-E. It's not the number. It's saying the one who came before. Yeah, F-O-R-E, like the number four. Okay. All right. Well, I, I'm sorry. I just wanted to clarify that point for our listeners in case you took it there. Um, all right, uh, Mr. Pilgrim, what about uh, New Year's? Is there a New Year's tradition uh, that's also coming up? New Year's is tough. It's a lot of uh, traveling, right? Uh, you're coming back home. Uh, you are probably drunk uh, for most of that time. So what I like to do, if you've heard of Hair of the Dog. Okay. Yeah, so it, anyway, it, it works for me because um, I like to engross myself, and I would recommend this for just about anybody else when it comes to New Year's, especially January uh, 1st and maybe even January 2nd. But I continue this throughout, and if you're a real hardcore Pilgrim Powerhouse, you might want to do this too. Um, back in Renaissance days, uh, all the way up to the Pilgrim's days, uh, water wasn't good for you to drink. I don't know if you knew that, uh, Doc. Did you know that back then water wasn't like it was bad? Nope. There, I bet he had no idea. There have been times, yeah, a lot of times in history where uh, the water was unhealthy. Right, right now it's all it's filtered pretty well, at least in the states. Right. So uh, back then areas. it was you just didn't drink it. You ended up with uh, some disease that you didn't want, like dysentery or something. So what they would do is they would uh, they would drink beer in the mornings and for lunch every day, even the kids. So that's part of my powerhouse pilgrim powerhouse plan of fitness, especially around the New Year's, is beer in the morning every day. Because to be a true blue, uh, either Renaissance or founding uh, forefathers, uh, that's what they did. And just to keep the water uh, it's away because it's dirty. And that's what you kind of want to emulate. Well, I, I think that one point of, of contrast that you, you might want to make here is that water now currently is actually purified, uh, generally, like, depending on where you get it. Uh, so maybe... Th- that exercise wouldn't apply as much. Similar to you're turning the water off for your house, that sort of issue. You could probably, if just drinking beer is the exercise, then maybe uh, maybe that's one to actually avoid because uh, beer, uh, a lot of alcohol products can, or I guess any alcohol product can have uh, unfortunate effects on the liver. It can um, increase your liver enzymes and lead to cirrhosis. What the hell are you rambling about? This is so annoying. I was talking about the effects of beer on the body, uh, about alcohol in the body. Yeah, they're awesome. It's not as bad as dirty water. Exactly. Yeah, and and as opposed to water that's filled with bacteria or protozoa or whatever, sure, beer would be the alternative in that sense. But generally, you're... Uh, d- if you live in a developed country, then that won't be such an issue. Good God. Oh, America wasn't a country. <laughs> Doc, America wasn't a country when the pilgrims landed here, right? It took a, a 200 years or right. so. So I don't know what you're talking about, developed countries. We're not. It's not really in my okay. I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, it's more like a it's more like a general store. Okay. That you think a general store is what it look a country looks like before it's developed. Yeah, before you kind of just came by and you visited the Native Americans and you kind of picked up things at their store. Prices were a lot cheaper then. It was like a hay penny would you get would get you like two hams. Okay. Uh, how- and then you develop America. It's okay, that easy, so- Doc. Yeah. 
Yeah, so just a few steps. So just to close out here, we're going to we're going to wrap up. What's one piece of advice that our listeners could take? I've got the perfect one and it's from history. I I've got it for you. Um one Let's of the, one of the staples of history and 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 dieting especially. Um the French Revolution was based on it uh and what usually starts violence and wars is lack of food. And that one food is usually because of a bad, you know, crop or something like that is usually bread. And uh, I just want to give everybody the, the great advice. That we're talking about breaking the body down and bringing it back up. Um, before the 20th century, um, we didn't really have this uh, idea or ability to kind of work this out. So, you, Cam, you ever notice when your bread is, is, is in the closet for a while, it starts to turn uh, green? Oh, yeah. All my bread is green. Yeah. So w- what, the, what you can do with that is when you actually do uh, eat pieces of that bread, you can start to build a tolerance um, against very important and very scary diseases. So um, just check on your toast in the morning, and if it has a little bit of green on that, keep that there. Don't tear it off. And uh, eat that up. You can build up your tolerance, and then that'll just fit in great with all the uh, other fitness things that I'm promoting with the exercises and uh, just the lifestyle in general. Oh, done and done, yes, by the way, because that, that's uh, all my bread is is covered in green. I kind of wait until it's ripe like that. Oh, you're okay. right on it then, yeah. I, I should, for our listeners, that, that is not good advice. You should not eat. And this makes a lot of sense because I am really resistant to most diseases. Usually when I get sick, it's f- like from some sort of a plague or something. Exactly. And it's it's because I've become immune towards, you know, co- the common man diseases. Right. You usually it, get sick from the plague? Yeah, it's usually some sort of plague when I get ill. That's the only thing that can even take me down. Uh, okay, well, we we should just wrap it up. But I, I will say, yeah, for listeners, please do not eat bread after it becomes moldy. That if it changes color, do not eat that. That you should throw that away. Uh, it's been colonized at that point. Um, all right, just but, like America. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, just like That's right. America. Thank you. That is a good point. Yep. But I just want to say, I mean, cheese is mold. Ham has mold on it, so it's just a ham and cheese sandwich. That's all your bread is. Well, uh, it, it, it isn't. But okay, no, we 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 should just wrap up. Uh, thank you to uh, Cameron uh, for helping us here, uh, our producer. Thank you to uh, Mr. Pilgrim and uh, Mr. Pilgrim. Is there a way that yes. our listeners can uh, hear more of you elsewhere? So, so beyond being a uh, successful personal trainer and historian, I also run a podcast called Pilgrim's Digress. You can. Find it all over at www.pilgrimsdigress.com. Everything New England. Okay. That sounds great. Um, thank you also to Digital in the House. I don't know who this is for. Like, is it for kids? DrLondonSmith.com. This has been the Jock Doc Podcast. See ya. Bye.
12 of those who have been walking up to me on the street, spitting in my face and saying, not my president. Uh, I need to clarify that I am not the president, nor have I ever run for office, nor do I have any intention of doing so. Nor would you ever be elected. I, for all I know, I, yeah, I, maybe not. Never in a million years. I, I couldn't even, I, I'm trying to imagine someone walking to a voting booth and seeing your name with a checkbox next to it and clicking that check. Like, I, I understand the concept. Imagining it is near impossible. It's like trying to imagine a color you, that doesn't exist, you know? So that, this does lead me to my next question here. Um, the people coming up to me and spitting my face, was that, was that your doing, Cameron? I, to be completely honest, I don't think those people needed any prodding whatsoever. Well, specifically, did you tell people that I was running for office? I told people... And about whatever policies you think that I would have. Well, yeah. Of course I did. Well, you say that like it's... Like, it's sure, I'm the producer of the podcast. Of course, I told people that you're running for office. Of course, I'm trying to promote your brand in any way possible. Now, again, I cannot even comprehend the idea of a single person, even your mom, going into the voting booth and giving you a vote. It's so beyond... I mean, it's not to say it's a fairy tale doesn't even really convey what I'm getting at it. It's more like something that no one's ever imagined before. So it's impossible to just kind of conjure it up. Okay. Well, um, uh, please let us know why I should not run for office uh, in a five-star review of the Jock Doc podcast on your preferred podcasting app. And don't forget to text friends and family with a link to your favorite episode of the podcast. Or just text them our handy website, jockdogpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.